Hey everyone, welcome back to the Above Board Podcast. We are excited to talk to you today, I guess, about life. You've got myself and Matt Marcoux, and unfortunately for a big conversation like this, we don't have the Rich B, but we're going to do our best to work our way through it anyway. What's up, Matt? John, do you ever, when you hear the intro music, do you ever just start bobbing your head? It's so catchy. Yeah. And I just can't help but just kind of like just just bounce with it. I like it. When I don't have to do the intro, I can like dance to it. You know, I feel like a little looser when I'm not Ooh, I don't feel I like the pressure that. of doing the intro. But what's what we're talking about some pretty heavy topics today. How are you feeling about it? I feel I feel good about it. And I feel like we have a, a real good message to deliver to our listeners today. We also and matched. We did. We matched. We had to ch- one of us had to change. We did rock, paper, scissor. Um, John always throws out the rock. And so, uh, you know, my paper. No, actually, I was a scissor, I think. And uh, I had to go to our my my wardrobe of Canderpath shirts, which I have six, and swap it out. So I went with the dark one. Rich now has a repertoire of Canderpath shirts and polos. So at the next one where we're all three on it, we have to we can we can all match. I grabbed one for the office, but I grabbed them a small and I tried to put it on me just, you know, thinking, hey, can I, you know, at my advanced age now, can I fit into something that's a little slimmer? And I could not. So I need to probably. Return no, it. no, no, no. That's the, the smaller, the better. It makes you look jacked. That's the life lesson today. <laughs> it looks like a midriff. On, <laughs> the, the top doesn't look so bad. It's when you get to the belly region that it. it fair enough. Fair enough. So, okay. So let's transition. We're talking about. So when we were on the pre-call, just brainstorming about ideas we we threw this idea about like maybe some some ideas about with our children and and lessons that we want them to learn and i think i'm just going to open up with a question to you if you were to close your eyes and your kids are like in their 40s which is insane like they're they're your age now what lesson maybe one or two lessons would you want them to look back and pass down to their kids or say like, this is something dad always taught me. This was a really big you know, deal in our household. And I mean, of course, there's a thousand things you want your kids to know and learn from you. But what's maybe one or two things that you would really hope for? That's a good one. I don't think we actually even talked about this question. But it's one that comes up constantly in my household. So I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old, and they both have their own individual sets of talents. Um, my 7-year-old's an incredible artist and, and loves to draw. And my 10-year-old it is is good at a lot of things, but he just finds like the joy in life. Like he is just the happiest kid and I, and I love seeing it. And so one of the things though that I find that he gets down himself about is he'll find an activity or do something and he's just not good at it. And so the life lesson that I've really been, especially with my 10 year old, been really pushing is that if you practice anything, you can get good at it. And, and I think that's like, I, I use a very like large term anything, but like if he wants to be good at football, if he wants to be good at drawing like his younger brother, if he wants to be good at math, literally all like what I've learned in my life is all it takes is to practice, right? To become mm-hmm. an expert in it. And an expert doesn't mean you've you've passed a test or you've studied for a question. It, it means you've you've put the time in. There isn't there a quote, John, something about how many hours it takes to become an expert in something? It's like yeah. we did know, a we did a podcast on that. It was the it was yeah. the ten thousand hours concept right. that if you apply 10,000 hours to any craft that you're focused on and you, you diligently work towards that for 10,000 hours, you'll become an expert. It's what I've learned in life for, for myself is that anything I really wanted to get good at, all I had to do is practice it. 
and it, it, you know, I think there still is that combination of skill and, and just having some talent behind the scenes. And maybe that helps the process. But if Bryce wants to be really good at catching a football, it takes nothing more than just doing that over and over and over again and obsessing about it. If he wants mm-hmm. to be really good, we're doing, we're doing long division right now, which I love math. And I, I had a math tutor as a child because I just did not get it. And then one day it just clicked for me. And, and thankfully for our clients listening, I, I am good at math now and I do enjoy it. But he's going through it right now. And so we're doing long division. And he's he's getting it. He understands it, but he's just not he's not pulling putting everything all the pieces together. And it's really nothing more than just practicing it over and over and over. And at school and at home and whenever you have a free second, if you want to get good at something, it's it literally is just to practice it over and over again. And he did this. Um, and I, I kind of related this back to something that you're going through right now with with your son. Is Bryce. Followed in line and 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 completed a black belt program, right? So I've talked about this before on the podcast. Is that he is just the sweetest, nicest child. He he really couldn't hurt a fly, and he for five years or so he participated in in Shotokan, um, you know, uh, karate. And so you know, uh, the day he got his black belt, I almost had a little bit of like, so what does this mean now? Can he like beat up other kids or can he defend the family if there's an incident? And the answer to all those things were really no. It, what did he learn? He learned discipline. He learned how to complete something, a program, and, and see it to the end. And and I really credit the sensei, who is a, both a, a personal friend of John and myself. Shout uh, out to Sensei Juan. Yeah, who who um, really put it in perspective to the parents is that a, a black belt is nothing more than a white belt who never quit. Right. It's just someone who just continued going and persevered through the really tough times and and just never quit and never gave up and just kept going. And he also talks about some of the the why why the colors are different. And I think this is more of just, you know, for the kids to kind of get excited about. But you know, everyone starts out as a white belt. It's the most important belt because it's the one you start with. And I know your son just got it. And a black belt is 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 all of those years of sweat and dirt. And, uh, you know, rolling around on the floor and, and working really hard. And it, it, that white belt eventually turns black just cause it gets, it gets dirty through all of the work that get put, puts into it. So I try to take all of these lessons that I'm hearing for some really great people around and really try to m- apply those to my kids so that they understand life does not get handed to you. It, it, it takes hard work. It takes perseverance. And again, <clears throat> circling back, if you want to be good at something, just practice it. Practice it over and over, and and that applies to our profession. That applies to just about anything out there. Just become obsessed with what it is you want to do, and you will find a path through there somehow. I care. I, it, it's it's cool to hear you say that. I care very much about not raising entitled children, mm. which is really hard because you know every generation thinks that the next generation is more entitled than than they were. And that they struggled and, and, and to some degree, like historically, if you look back, that's almost, it's like a pretty accurate thought if you look at it. And I, I think that it's a really, that's a really important lesson to teach your kids the value of working towards something. What, another commonality that all three of us share, uh, Rich, you and myself, is that our kids uh, go to this karate school. I'm really, Dojo, really new to on, it. I'm so, so I'm really new to it. And actually, yesterday, I had to have Sensei Wan 
teach me like almost like tying a shoe lace, like teach me how to do the belt. Oh, thank goodness for YouTube. I rec- I video recorded him doing it because I, I said I, I need to like practice this more so I can do it blindfolded the way he seemingly can. But that's another commonality we have. In fact, what's really cool is Rich's son, Luke, is now one of the instructors for my yeah. son. And my son is the age that your son was when he started karate and the age that Rich's son was when he started karate. It's just, it's kind of a cool full circle thing. When we always talk about like these commonalities that all three of us share. And I started the question off in this podcast and asking you about the lessons for your kids because you didn't get an opportunity to answer that question back in August. Rich and I did a podcast kind of along those lines. And I wanted to hear uh, your thoughts on that and and how you answer yeah. that. So yeah, yeah go ahead. L- laziness was the other one that com- kind of comes to mind. I think entitlement is something that really bothers me. And then laziness, you know, it's, it's the little things that I, I really harp on my boys when I see them being lazy, you know, taking the easy way out or, yeah. you know, just, just trying to get by that. Those are things that I've seen in life. I was never a straight A student. I was never at the top of the class. Um, but me, John, you and I have talked about this extensively. Like it, it takes no talent to show up on time. It takes no talent to look a certain way, look professional, make yourself, you know, presentable. It takes no talent to be able to strike up a conversation or be kind. Like those are things that take no talent or skill. They just take the ability or the willingness to want to do those things. And I've, we've both gotten a really long way in life with, Again, being a student of our craft, which we've talked about and being and, and having candor, being able to speak open, open and honestly, but you and me are rarely late to something or really, rarely looking like schleps when we're supposed to look professional or, um, you know, we're always able to strike up a conversation with someone, which so much of life is, is developing personal relationships and being able to have that give and take in a conversation. Those are things that I want to instill in my boys is you don't have to be the best of everything. A, just don't be lazy and B, mm-hmm. be a student of your craft and care about what it is you want to do. Yeah, that's great. I th- I do think that's that's kind of my perspective of of our story. Like like our like we're a couple, but but <laughs> we just had our anniversary. Yeah, we did. Um, and I just celebrated my anniversary with my wife too. But the lots of which one was more around. important to you than all of them are equally as important. Oh jeez, uh, I just saying that for your effect, Jackie. If you're listening to this, our anniversary <laughs> is more important. So that that is a little bit of my perspective, though. Like it, it just seems as though half the battle is is showing up on time, being willing to put yourself in these situations. Like, for example, as a kid, this is why the karate thing is so new for me still because I didn't do that as a kid. I played team sports, and I just always thought that's what you should do. And and I, you know, enrolling uh, my kids into soccer or baseball or softball or what have you. I got to say, this is one of the first times, think about both my children, this is one of the first times where my wife and I sit and watch my son in karate and we're like, this feels so right. It's one of the first, like, like for example, wow. we did soccer one time and it was like, mm-hmm. this is just, I mean, these kids, are, they're not <laughs> learning the value of team sports yet. I mean, they're way, he's, he's not, he just turned four. But for karate felt so right for a lot of different reasons. But hearing the sensei in between practices or different things that they're doing, just sit down and like teach. He teaches these very simple life lessons. At this age, again, they're only four. And that's kind of the group that they're in. They're called the little dragons. And he's teaching these very simple life lessons about 
listening to your parents or even like eating your vegetables. I mean, he's, he's talking to these kids about this and we're doing, they're doing exercises and they're getting this energy out and they're learning to listen and stay focused and disciplined. I just, I think it's really great. And I think the lesson that you shared, funny enough, you shared that lesson on like a leadership call with our team yesterday that a black belt is, is a white belt who never quit. So I told, I told Sensei Juan this and, and I, I share that with him just because I thought he would appreciate knowing. I always like that. Like if someone says like, hey, you had an effect on this yeah. conversation or like, I'd, I'd like to hear that. It feels good to hear positive stuff. And, and then he shared another nugget with me. You ready? ready. So the nugget that he shared with me is persi- the persistence. It, it's about kind of having this mindset and he was comparing it to white belt and, and black belt, but it was having the persistence of a black belt but the learning mindset of a white belt. Mm. So the, I guess this idea that like, cause when you're a black belt, you've theoretically like mastered it. Right. And that took a lot of discipline to get to that level of mastery. Yeah. Back to that 10,000 hour conversation, but then still being humble enough to, to then have the learning perspective of a white belt, knowing that you don't, you still don't know everything. You're still always yeah. learning. I, I love that. And I, I forgot even to mention that on the onset of it. Cause it was one of my most favorite things. I don't think I said this yet. This is turning into like, we should have, you know, Sensei on here. This is turning into just a big advertisement for him and his service. He, he's an amazing guy. He has an amazing team. Uh, his his wife um, is just incredible there as well. And, and the whole team, he surrounded himself. I have nothing but positive things to say. But, um, you know, it kind of goes back to what you just mentioned a second ago is that a black belt is nothing more uh, or, or the um, what was it? The, the quote is a black belt is a master of the basics. Right. So that's kind of what I was getting back to at the beginning of this. Like Bryce couldn't beat anybody up or do all these crazy things, but he's mastered how to stand still without having, you know, the typical kids who are just like wiggle worms and how to be able to drop down and give pushups and to know when you forgot your to bring your your weapon of the of the week, you know you're doing pushups and that's not mm-hmm. gonna happen again. And 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 bring it back to soccer, John, was it was really interesting to see once Bryce uh, was doing was doing karate on the regular. And then went out to do go do a team sport. I saw a completely different child. Um, you know, when you we were talking about soccer a second ago, he did a you know a, a kind of a fall soccer league, and no one's listening to the coach. And you know, listen, Bryce is just a normal <clears throat> nine, eight, nine, ten year old boy at the time, following in line with what his buddies are doing. But I noticed that there was one kid who was standing still when the coach was like speaking and looking in the coach's eyes and doing these things. And I was like, man, he got that from from, you know, all of these other lessons he's learning, um, um, through, through the, you know, through these other things that he's doing specifically karate. And I felt like there was kind of bringing it full, full circle to him. So, and I think we can apply a lot of these things to the financial side of the picture, John. So, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, all right, enough about life lessons with our kids. How, how does this apply to our finances? I think a lot of the same aspects apply. Maybe it's not being an expert in, in finances, but maybe it's hiring an expert. And I would, I would kind of use the same analogy that, uh, you know, we're CFPs, we're certified financial planners. If this was year one of being a certified financial planner, I think it's sort of the same thing as, as being a black belt is that I, that means you've just kind of mastered the basics, right? You, you know what an IRA is, you know what a stock is, you know, and you know, kind of an advanced level of that, but it's not till you've been in the industry and doing this for, you know, for me, 20 years, John, for you, 17, 15, whatever the number, whatever the number <laughs> Long is, time. it's, it's on there, but you know, it's not till you've seen some things and you've gotten your, you, you've kind of, 
your sleeves have been pulled up and you've you've gotten your hands dirty in in areas and and dealt with death and you've dealt with divorces and we've dealt with stock markets going up and down and having geopolitical turmoil and all these crazy things. It's one thing to read about them in a book, but it's another thing to actually go through them. And so I think a lot of what we do is sort of related back to finance and how we can be better to our clients. Yeah, if we're sticking with that analogy, though, if we're the if we're the black belts in in the financial planning space, because we're CFPs, said it, uh, then but but we continue to have that learning curve mindset of what are what are new things that we can be doing. But I, I will I will share at this stage of life in in our career specifically, like what we do with personal finances, it sometimes can be even though there's like that, I guess that level of mastery, like it's easy to take some of these things for granted. And I guess that this is what's fun about tying it back to the kids though, is we're preparing, the idea is we're preparing them for discipline and hardship and knowing how to focus on the basics so that when they get into life, let's talk about maybe their money habits, for example, which is a huge part of life. And like, no one trains you on that. Like you don't, you don't get to take money courses in high school. Maybe you do these days, certainly should be able to at this point. But like, I didn't take my first personal finance course until I was like in my second year in college, which is the reason I switched my major to finance, actually. But but the point is, you know, think about just the discipline of being able to master your own money habits. Like that's something you want to see for your kids, whether you're good at that now or you're not good at that, regardless of how of, of where your level of mastery is on your personal money habits. We all know that we want to see that be- better for our kids. Yeah. Right. We we want to see them be able to do that. And I'll just give a really good example. National savings averages, I think less than 5% or right at around 5% right now. The national saving average which means for every dollar you earn as a family, you're saving five cents on the dollar. That's you and I both know that's not good enough in the realm of, of long-term planning. And it's really great to see clients being able to save 20, 30% of what they save. And I think that's, I know it's like a, very simple but granular example of that. Like you, you had talked about IRAs and that type of stuff. All that's great, but like just going back to the basics, the simple mastery of like your own emotions of not, oh gosh, I want to buy this. I want to the impulsive, like I want to go spend this money and saying no, 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 I need to pay myself first. I need to save this dollar. I mean, those are. I don't know about how how you're talking money with your yeah, kids, but I, that's I, something I we're going through. You're right on the right track, and like a. a, a a saying comes to mind is, you know, we, we have a lot of clients that are millionaires. I mean, we, we deal in the financial planning business. We have a lot that are that are aspiring to be that way too. It's not just one-sided with our practice. But millionaires don't happen overnight. They happen over time, right? It's it's none of our clients. And then we have close to 300 or so clients. We can look on, no one's hit the lottery. No one has, well, you know, really, you know, bet something huge and, and paid off. All of them have the same very common thread for the most part that they, they, and and none of them are, were, were, you know, making a million dollars a year in their profession for the most part. They all just had good financial discipline, right? It's, it's saving. Why do you have to save? Well, because you need a rainy day fund. So you don't tap into credit cards and start paying massive amounts of interest. It, It is, you know, making sure that you look at your budget and you are saving a little bit for tomorrow, spending a little bit today because you got to enjoy the ride too, which is I'm a, I'm a very big proponent of. But all of it has, I mean, we have school teachers, we have all types of professionals that have hit that seven digit number 
And it's really just through hard work and through financial discipline. And it's through not giving up. It's through persevering. It's through hiring an expert so that they're optimizing their finances in the right spot and and that they're doing their job really well. And they allow someone to do their job, meaning us, is, is manage the financial component of it. There's a common theme between all of these people. They're all just amazing to be around. You know, one of our sayings in our company is we don't have marginally satisfied clients, right? We only want to deal with people who are pleasant to be around, who have these really good financial mindsets, or those that want to be that way, and and they'll allow us to to guide them through through that path. Um, and so, I think a lot of these life lessons can be applied to a thirty or forty or fifty or sixty year old who maybe is behind, or maybe is just trying to optimize things. Or who is trying to find what is the best way to to get to that point so that they can retire. Yeah, I would summarize that to say they worked hard and they saved smart. Yeah, I mean that, that that's ultimately what it is, and it's not even that they they you know nowhere in there did I say they bet big and they won big. You know they they took these gambles and you know, that's not what we're talking about. And, and then maybe those are those are different podcasts for different times, but. The discipline that, and I guess just tying this back to our kids, you know, I, I think the discipline that we're trying to bestow upon our children of, in other areas of life, I think my hope, my aspiration is that that, that translates to being able to have, you know, a good head on their shoulders to then make sound financial decisions too. And I think, again, you know, that this, this whole like black belt um, mentality that we might have you know, what's interesting is I'm having to like relearn how to, I feel like we know a lot of things about money, right? That's like what we're supposed to know, Matt. But yet it's, I don't remember what I thought of how I viewed this stuff when I was 10 years old or six years old. And I'm having to like relearn how to explain this to my kids. I don't know if you're experiencing the same thing. But yeah, I talked about this like there. a few podcasts ago where I was like, oh, I'm going to get my kids debit cards. Remember that yeah. the whole thing where I was like, yeah. okay, th- this is not a paper money world anymore. So I'm going to teach my seven and 10 year old that paper money doesn't exist. And it all exists like in a cloud somewhere. And we have this card <laughs> that magically has money on it. And we just get to do whatever we want. And it failed. I mean, I epically failed. They get a, they get a weekly allowance. And I was just sweeping money from my checking account to their two personal savings accounts. Well, they aren't like us. They don't just like pop open their iPhones and click on the, you know, the Wells Fargo app and can see what's inside their account. They can conceptualize that. So I had to actually go back to paper money. And, you know, again, this day and age, it's not as common to have paper money. So I had to go to the bank and get a whole bunch of fives because that's where they get per week. And, uh, and, and, you know, go back to the old school where they have money in a wallet. Um, Bryce wanted to buy a, you know, a game for one of his systems or whatever. And I was like, pony up, buddy. It's, it's time. And I put that money like back in my drawer and I'll use that now to pay them out for their weekly chores. And, you know, if they, if they don't do those weekly chores, guess what? That money gets cut in half or I have to go find some ones somewhere, but we really are trying to do the right things and we're going to, and we're still going to fail. And you and me know a lot about finance and I still make mistakes uh, along the way. Yeah. Well, so it's it's funny cuz my daughter is a a big saver. So like the the tooth fairy money that she gets, I mean that all gets stored in her piggy bank. And we're trying to now teach her to make decisions around how to use it, like how to spend the money. So if she wants something, and she's going on a field trip today actually while we're talking, 
And she's like, dad, I need 20 bucks. And I'm like, what? Like, take it out of your piggy bank. She's like, no, I'm saving that. And I said, what are you saving it for? And she goes, well, I'm saving it for the future. I swear, I swear this is what she said. I'm not making this up. She's like, I'm saving this for the future when I'm a mommy and I have to take care of my family. Oh my I was gosh. Like, Whoa. Did you just open your wallet at that point? You're like, here's a hundred. Have fun. <laughs> Which is the worst thing I could have done to give into it. But I was like, that was, you said the right. I feel like she knew to say <laughs> that to me of all people. Cause I'm like, did she have the yep. doe eyes? Was she like looking at you with her eyes? Oh, hundred like, percent. And yeah, I loved really. every word she said. And I was like, here's 40. Go have a blast. <laughs> and here's the keys to the car. Like, just go take a drive. Whatever you want to do. Oh, oh my goodness. Best. It was so yeah. fun. But yeah. But hey, as so as we as we wrap up today, there there's a quote that I pulled. And I've, I've adopted this from Rich because he always does this when he's on the podcast. I think it's mm-hmm. so great. He's so good at quotes. He's so good at it. And it's that success is not the absence of failure. It's the persistence through failure, which I thought was very, very good. Oof. Any like any uh, wise words or parting thoughts, Matt, yeah, as we wrap? I, I love it because that was one of the things that I've always teach my boys too is that failure is an option. Failure is allowed. Let's have small failures and not big failures. And I think it sort of applies to that quote as well. I'm okay with them not being great at everything. That's it's not what it's about. But, you know, let's have small little mistakes, not big mistakes that, that cost us. And uh, I think you can learn a lot through being persistent, being a student of your craft, and knowing that it takes time for things to develop and things to come to you, it doesn't happen overnight. I don't know about you, but it's really hard for me to 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 truly live that quote. Like, like I know that I experience personal failures, and I know I get better at, as a result of it. But it's hard to watch your kids go through that. It's the toughest thing because you know you could tell, like you could coach them through that before they even experience the failure. But the lesson just seems to not land like when they actually experience it yeah and so it's true. Sim- simple stuff like here's a really small simple example my son you know brings us he's little he's four but he brings a stuffy to school every day for nap time forgot his stuffy it was a really big deal that he forgot his stuffy that day guess what he's never forgotten again yeah his stuffy it's but like but, but all the mornings all the mornings prior to that don't forget it don't forget it sometimes we grab it for him so he doesn't forget it. we do it for him and I mean, that's just, I know that's such a simple example, but in a four-year-old's mind, that was the biggest deal for that hour and a half nap that he didn't have the stuffy that he wanted to cuddle with. So yeah, yeah huge. It's, it's so hard though. It's really hard as a parent to. It, it is. To, you want to provide everything. You want to make it easy. And we both, you and me specifically know that the easy way is not the best way and they'll not learn. And that sense of responsibility, those are things that we have to instill at a, at a really young age. And I think we're on the right track, hopefully. Amen. Amen to that. Well, um, shout out to the Rich B. Hopefully you get a chance to listen to this one. Sensei Juan as well um, for all the wise quotes that we got to got to utilize uh, and kind of create a whole podcast out of today. But and the listeners. So we love doing these podcasts. We're actually this is a little bit of a sneak peek. But in the coming episodes, I think it's going to be like episode 101, which we're not that far away from. We're going to do a little bit of a podcast revamp or refresh. So we're excited for that. So thanks as always for listening to us on Above Board with Canterpath, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys.